Welcome to Sprints and Milestones, a podcast where Brett Harned and Greg Story share war stories, tips, tactics, and anecdotes on navigating the sometimes rough waters of getting digital projects done. If you're leading projects and want some help and reassurance that you're doing the right things, you've downloaded the right podcast. Enjoy the show. This episode is sponsored by Team Gantt, a company I've been lucky enough to collaborate with for some time now. Team Gantt is an online project management platform that helps you to create intuitive and beautiful project plans. For more information and a free account, visit teamgantt.com. On with the show. Welcome to Sprints and Milestones. In our last episode, we talked about how project managers should focus on goals and how that leads to setting and managing expectations and making that job a lot easier. Related to that is knowing that you can always be honest about your work, your timeline, your budget, your scope, and your progress. There's a tendency with some PMs to keep that information, particularly when it comes to issues, private. But I think being honest is the best policy. So let me read from the book as this, the next principle is we are honest always. Everyone who works with us, clients and partners included, trust us because they know that we've got their best in mind when guiding process and decisions. We don't cover up mistakes, we illuminate them with the intent of not repeating them. We stay transparent when it comes to scope, budget, and timeline changes. We resolve conflict by remaining neutral and honest about causes and solutions. We truly believe that truth always prevails, and we champion that in all interactions and communications. So... Although I fumbled through that a bit, I think it's clear that being honest and forthright is probably the best way to build trust in a relationship. And trust combined with the team and your clients is essential to project success. What do you think, Greg? Absolutely. There's just, there's no, there's no other way to go about it. Um, And it doesn't matter how bad the situation, which I have uh, the perfect story for. Many years back, we had, uh, again, another large client, which made, and I, and I say that because it just made the entire project more daunting. I mean, the, the budget was super high. We had, uh, in an earlier episode, Brett, you talked about having a kickoff with like 40 or so stakeholders. We had a small theater of stakeholders during our kickoff. In hindsight, it was a bit ridiculous, but all of those folks in this large corporation had some kind of dotted line responsibility to some part of the website. And the whole thing, it was just a, a big project. We were a small, very small firm, you know, comparison in, in size and, and capabilities, but they still chose us for the job and we had work to do. Things were going what I would say really well, uh, we had assembled a team of the right experts at the time uh, for the work that, that needed to be complete. And uh, we were just getting to the closing phases of our UX work, which was pretty large in, in scale. And uh, we had one more design review to go before we could move into visual design, uh, or at least move more into visual design and, and kind of completing that work. And uh, we had a design review set for Monday, early afternoon. And Monday morning, my project manager came to me and said, I I can't find our designer. And, you know, I I kind of was reading sheer panic uh, across her face. So we talked about it and was trying to understand, you know, like, okay, so you can't, you know, you can't find the designer. Maybe, you know, they're running an errand or something. 
And it was clear after talking to her for just a few minutes that this person had basically just fallen off the face of the earth. So we continued searching for this individual uh, virtually, you know, trying to get them by phone, by text, by whatever. I don't think Slack existed back then, but trying all the, the means that we had available to us and just could not not reach them. And so we went ahead with the meeting, hoping that they would just be, you know, a pop-in surprise. But we were also prepared to say for some bad news because the uh, typically work would have been delivered uh, before the meeting so everybody could download it, print it out, whatever they had to do, and that wasn't happening. So we went ahead and met with the individuals and told them that we're having difficulties trying to get in touch with the designer. We're not sure if there's been you know, some kind of family emergency or life emergency, but we would be in touch. So kind of long story short, because this went on for a week, by Tuesday, we were expecting an even worse outcome, which is nobody can find this individual. We had people going to their house. We got tied into a network of friends and nobody could find this person. And we were, we were really expecting the, the very worst. And so with that in mind, while some of my folks were trying to focus on just finding this individual just to make sure that they were safe and, and sound, I prepared to have a very transparent conversation with our project owner at the client side to let them know that this individual was pretty key in finishing the work. And that we didn't even have a copy of the finished, you know, if, if in fact they had finished the work, we didn't even have a copy of it. And this was going to set things back by a couple of weeks, all things considered not the worst outcome, but still, you know, for uh, a client of that caliber, they're not used to uh, hearing those types of things, or at least that's what I thought at the time. So we met with the project team and with the, the project sponsor on the phone, and I just came clear and said, we are having issues finding this individual. While that search is going on, and we hope for the best, we have in the meantime created a contingency plan to try to prevent as as much loss of time and the quality of the work as possible. Which also meant too, by the way, that you know, in this contingency planning, I had to ask and beg for another UX designer for another team to kind of drop what they were working because their timeline was not as severe, which meant it was going to take a, at least a week for that person to get up to speed on, you know, existing work, the, you know, what we were trying to do with the project so that they could, they could finish it off. And so I was, I was pretty open and honest with the entire project team on the client side, of course, apologized. And what I was hoping is by showing that we had a contingency plan that we had really thought this through and that we were still devoted and dedicated to serving the client and doing the best work possible. So the team was was pretty chill about it. They uh, understood the difficulty. You know, there's obviously some confusion around this type of scenario because it's not doesn't happen that often, uh, if at all, for most of us. And um, I thought that was that. A couple of minutes after that uh, meeting was done, I got a direct call on my cell phone from the project sponsor, and she was pissed off six ways a Sunday. Hmm. And uh, it, at first, I just I didn't understand. Like <laughs> it's like it's, uh, you know she's telling basically just just chewing me out. And it was like Twilight Zone. It was like wait, what just happened? You know, I'm I was being honest, forthcoming 
transparent, answering all the questions, being vulnerable as, as you could be in that situation. So why is this person angry? And um, as it turns out, she was miffed because in her project style, this is why I think is interesting, in her project style, she told me straight up that she would not have told her team that. Because it, she saw that being honest and transparent about a situation like this meant that the team would not trust her in being able to get the project complete on time. And I just thought it was so, I, you know, I'm so glad we're talking about this because this situation, to this day, I've never had that happen again. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. again, so like bizarro response yeah, it's so rare yeah and like this the situation is rare but the response is just really bizarre to me yeah and it, it you know so what i did is our relationship with the project team the people that we work with day in and day out are that the trust between us could not have been any stronger right mm-hmm. we could have all shared deepest darkest secrets and still been bffs after the project there was just, uh, I think that the team just appreciated, you know, having that transparency because obviously they didn't get it in their day-to-day work. So I wanted to share that, you know, when we, we got to this topic because, yes, you need to be honest always. But there's a couple of caveats that I want to share from what I, I learned. Sure. Because I wouldn't change a thing. But one of the things that we did is when the problem became more substantial, you know, meaning this person really did, we found them... I want to say five days later, there was some substance abuse issues that we were not aware of. Nobody was aware of, frankly, and we were able to try to help that person seek some some help. I mean, just to give you an idea of the severity, nobody could find this person for five days. And on Monday, when it was apparent that, okay, with them gone, you know, every day is likely going to impact two to three days of, of the entire project. So we need to come clean as soon as possible, but we also need to have an idea. It's not just enough to say, hey, we have a problem, right? We need to come with, hey, we have a problem and we have an idea of how to fix that. So that's all to say, being transparent and honest does not mean that project managers should provide breaking news, right? Because I think, you know, if we had gone to them and said, holy crap, can you believe this? This person's gone. We don't know what to do. I mean, right then and there, I think we would have been, I wouldn't say fired, but I think we, we would have lost every every ounce of trust that we had built up with the team, you know, prior to that. And so I think you, you definitely want to, when when something arises that you have to have that, that moment of honesty, make sure that you are one, transparent with your own team, Right. Uh, because I think you get to go back to the client or the project owner or your boss or whomever this is and to say, you know, we've taken a couple of minutes to think through how we're going to get around this issue, right? Right. So, so, so important. I agree with you. I think that the breaking news and the way that you put that is so important because it's not about broadcasting every challenge or problem that you have. It's about coming to the table with the challenge or problem, but also offering your response to the problem or how you're already fixing it. Because there's nothing worse than in any situation, PM or not, somebody coming to the table and saying, I hate this thing that happened or this thing happened, Yeah, you know, without saying, and this is what we're going to do to fix it. Or this is my idea. Do you want to contribute to it? Or do you have any kind of other ideas that can help us fix it? But still... 
the response that you got was bizarre. So sorry for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been in situations where I've had to communicate negative information or, you know, I guess changes or, or problems in a way that makes me uncomfortable or has made me uncomfortable. But I, I guess, you know, one example is related to kind of the scope issue, because I, I do mention scope in, in this part of the the principle. But, you know, we had a we had a project where we kicked things off with a client. We had a great workshop. We sketched some really cool forward thinking ideas that ended up kind of landing in wireframes at that point. The front-end developer happened to be out of the office and missed the internal review, which meant that she couldn't do kind of a gut check on scope. So we kind of went with it and presented the ideas. Then we got, when we got to design, that was when the, the front-end developer checked back in and was like, whoa, this whole thing is like hundreds of hours of work. We can't do this within this project. And the client had already been really excited about it. So... Yeah. Right away, I knew like, okay, this is a big problem that is going to be a hurdle. I don't know what I'm going to kind of come up against when I bring this up as a challenge. So I had to sit down on my own and think about like, where could things be moved in the scope? You know, how will this affect the project goals? If we did want to do a change request, how much is it going to cost them? Like a lot of work and thought had to go into what the conversation could be before I could even have a conversation about it. So when I finally got to the conversation, I very plainly broke the news. You know, it was nothing personal here. Like there there was nothing about a human gone missing or, you know, something that you would expect someone to have a little bit of empathy about. Like, this was really, truly a mistake. Mm -hmm. Like There's no other way. It was my mistake, too. So I just plainly said, you know, what the problem was, and I let him respond. And his response was, are you effing kidding me? I'm paying a quarter of a million dollars for this thing, and you're telling me I can't get everything that you've proposed? That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I, I... I didn't just let him respond like that. And I said, well, I'm not saying that you have to pay more money. I'm saying that we need to shift our approach. And here are the ideas I have to kind of move forward. Mm -hmm. So I presented a couple of options. We ended up coming to an agreement where his team was actually available. They'd be taking over the work anyway. So we kind of partnered to get some of the work done. And they took on the lion's share of development on that one thing. And everything worked out and they got what they wanted. That's good. I mean, I, and I think it's it's worth pointing out here that, you know, both of the cases that you and I just shared, there was a lot of money on the table, you know? Yes. Yes. And, but in my experience, there could have been $5,000 on the table, you know, because not everybody plays in, in the realm of those amounts of money. Some people play right. with more, Right. Right. I think it, um, Jeffrey Zeldman shared with me that the scale of money, you know, doesn't doesn't matter. You know, you'll work just as hard for a five thousand dollar project as you will a fifty thousand dollar project, right? And mm-hmm. that certainly applies here. Is when you are in those situations, and you know that you've got to be the somewhat the bearer of of bad tidings, right? the amount of money doesn't necessarily make it more severe because in, in those situations, uh, there's still people that, that 
I, I think we all go to that spot, which is I'm going to get yelled at, right? I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. And uh, I think there's a lot of us out there that, uh, you know, we don't, well, of course, nobody enjoys that feeling, but most of us don't, our, our, our natural response is I need to go, I just need to run away. Or, you know, I, yeah. I want to go in the opposite direction as opposed to I need to face this, you know, and, and I need to do it sooner than later. And in my career, there have been times where I've had to essentially own the problem of others because the ones that didn't make the mistakes did not show up. <laughs> they, right. they didn't turn out for the meeting to, to assess what happened. And I found that when I've been honest about things and, you know, even honest about situations where I may not have been the primary, you know, doer of wrong, but there have been times where, you know, I kind of saw that, and this kind of goes back to, you know, the, the laser focus. So if, if I foresee that there's going to be a problem and I don't, you know, speak up, then I'm a part of that problem, you know. Right. Um, and, and I think the, the honesty extends not just to having to go in front of a client or go in front of a boss and, and admit some, something, but, you know, that honesty extends to the, the team at large, right? Right. Yeah, I think no matter what, I mean, the point about being honest in, is that it's better to get mistakes or problems out on the table and discuss them. It's not about finger pointing. I think obviously if you've made a mistake, it's best to just own up to it. But more importantly, it's your recovery, right? Like yes. People are going to remember your recovery on the mistake more than the mistake if you do it well and you handle it well. And that's all about just being a good communicator and knowing just how transparent to be. Because in, in situations, you know, and potentially in the situation you were in where it was, you know, very highly personal, you're probably not going to share the the fact that there was substance abuse issues. You know, you're not going to share about like somebody's health, but you can say generally there is a problem with one person. Just want to let you know this is what's happening. This is what we're doing to recover from it. And then that kind of just gets it out of the way. And I don't know, to me, there's levels of transparency, right? Like I'm not going to share all of the details of, of someone else's life because it's not what I'm meant to be doing. What I'm meant to do is to clear the issues out of the way and move on and tell you how we're doing that. And to me, that's real honesty in the project setting. And I think, you know, in this day and age, the problems that can derail uh, a project, you know, that anytime you put humans in the mix, you're going to have problems. Yep. Maybe not as severe, but there's always going to be problems there. Uh, technology, it breaks. Data, I mean, I could think of a couple of projects where data was lost. Right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's that's almost uh, well, probably even worse. And uh, it's difficult to recover from those things. But at, at some point, it's it's better for you to be clean, come clean, than it is for someone to find out, right? Because uh, you know, if 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 the client's got to find out the truth behind your back, then you can just kiss that relationship goodbye. Right. 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 And it's like the, the idea that one one thing that isn't true or, you know, maybe you call it a lie. The first time you lie, 
you know, it happens, you get away with it. And then that snowballs into more lies. And then finally something uncovers or gets uncovered. And you're put in this really awkward position where you've got to answer for how things have gone way off track and you haven't been honest about it all along. So I just think it's, it's a matter of, I guess, having the decorum in some way of handling the situation and having the frank conversation and trying to find a middle ground with someone and hoping that they're empathetic to the situation that you're in. Because obviously nobody wants to lie. Nobody wants to be put in a position where, you know, you're nervous to share details about someone missing a deadline or, you know, whatever it might be that can go wrong on a project. And and PMs are put in those situations all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it usually comes down to like the deadline thing, right? Like somebody got shifted to another project because there was a fire they had to put out and your work got put behind. And nobody really wants to communicate that, but there is a way of saying, you know, there we hit a little bit of a roadblock and it's putting us back a day or two. We have a plan to make up for the time later and then move on. It's all about just making people happy and, and let them know that you've got their back. Yeah, and I think it's it's also worth pointing out here, too, from my experience, when when problems arise and you you want to, you just want to, I don't know, obviously, everybody just wants to, to take the errors away, right, and, and to, to make it better. In my experience, there's, there's a tendency to want to discount the work, right, that mm. um, to go to the client and say, Hey, sorry, we're late on this, but don't don't worry. I'm going to knock off X amount of dollars from the budget, right? I know f- people, designers in particular, who have tried that tactic, and I just want to caution folks out there that that is not what a client wants to hear. At least most of the clients, uh, and in my experience, because it's it's not about money; it's about getting the job done and making sure that the quality is there, right? Right. And so when, you know, I think that there's a, for some of us, there's a tendency to think, what kind of good news can I sprinkle on top of this bad news to make it not hurt as much, you know, or, or not make the consequences seem as bad or as dire as they, they may be. And, you know, providing some kind of shortcut, whether that's in the form of, of, you know, a monetary discount or, additional work promised, you know, don't, because uh, I I think that's where the the client's going to look at that and say, well, you're focused on the wrong problem, right? You're you're focused on trying to make me happy when we need to be focused on how do we get the work done in the first place, because that will make me happy. Absolutely. I think, you know, if there's anything that can tie a bow in this conversation, it's just that honesty is the best policy, no matter what in business or in your personal life. I think what we're talking about relates to just personal relationships within your your own life. You know, if you're lying to someone, there's an indication or someone's lying to you, there's an indication that there's more than one lie happening, mm-hmm. you know, and those things tend to snowball. So then you start to lose trust. Same thing happens in business partnerships. If you're not honest about the work that you're doing, the progress that you're making, the impact that you're having or not having in an area, then there's a chance that you're not really paying attention and you don't care about the work and you're going to lose the, the trust of the person you're partnered with. And that's whether you're a client or, you know, a designer on an agency side or project manager. Or internal team. 
Yeah, totally. It doesn't matter where you are. It's just living your life as, as an honest human being. Yep. Read more about how you can stay honest in project management in Chapter 7 of Project Management for Humans. That chapter is called Communicate Like a Pro. Our next episode is going to be about the next principle, which is we are pathfinders. Looking forward to that conversation, Greg. Thanks again. You too. All right. Uh Thanks. Bye-bye. You sprinted to the end of this episode. Milestone complete. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for more resources on digital project management, check out Project Management for Humans by Brett Harned, which is available on Amazon.com or through Rosenfeld Media. And of course, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and check out our show notes and more at sprintsandmilestones.com.